is sponsored by the Professional Association of Canine Trainers, affectionately known as PACT. On Sunday the 16th of October, PACT are hosting the Connecting Communities Conference. It's at the University of Winchester and there is an amazing lineup of speakers. The conference is in person so you get to meet real people in the world. It's also accessible. The talks are going to be short, snappy and interactive. There'll be lunch and wine, stands to look at and activities throughout the day. It's going to be a great day for all dog enthusiasts and you don't have to be a packed member to come. You can secure your place for just 20 quid. Find out more information on the Facebook page or on the website www.packed-dogs.com. Welcome to the award-winning Canine Hoopers World podcast. Everyone's invited. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Canine Hoopers World, the podcast. This is season three. This is episode 24. And today I'm joined again by the fantabulous Mr. Lee Hobbs. Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> All right, babe. How are you? Kiss, yeah. Not bad. Back. Fantabulous. I even made up a word for you. Yeah, nice. Thanks. I'm going to write it down. And I'm not going to swear today either. <laughs> I feel that we should like make this right. Guys, now, before we start recording, I want you to write down a piece of paper at what point in the podcast you think Leah's going to swear and see if you got it right. Because not, I've made a pact to myself this morning. Did you? Really? That sounds really yep. boring. I know. It we'll doesn't see. apply to me swearing because that's just a no. given. <laughs> no, we'll see how it goes. Okay, cool. Wicked. So last episode that you joined us on, uh, we were talking a lot about puppies and all that kind of fun stuff of when they're really cute. So today I wanted to kind of bring on the conversation about kind of the, the end of the cute zone, really, when teething started to get a bit much and hormones are starting to kick in and people are questioning their life choices <laughs> yeah so for me through uh, experience of training thousands and thousands of puppies over the last 12 years um it happens a lot earlier than people think it's gonna happen so we have people coming to classes and they puppies are I don't know, 10 weeks 12 weeks whatever it is and we'll tell them, you know, before the end of the course, you'll come in one morning and you'll come in one afternoon to the class or the morning, whatever it is. And at around about 16 weeks, you'll ask your puppy to do something and it'll go, nah, don't. And it'll be like a light switch and it'll be overnight and you'll notice a massive difference. And for the majority, they do. They come back and go, hmm, puppies are a bit different today. Around about that 16-week uh, hormone rushing, crazy age. Um, obviously, it's dependent on dog breed whatever um but we do tend to see it's around about that and then that's when people start to get worried and then just honest with them and say well welcome to your next two years of your life plus um you know because that stage lasts 
And if um, you've got a shepherd, welcome to the next three stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, the thing is, you can't, when we put numbers and ages and, you know, I'm giving rough estimates. Yeah. I'm not giving any scientific back. This is what happens in the brain, blah, blah, blah. It, it's what I see happen. And it's around mm-hmm. 16 to 20 weeks, normally way before <laughs> the 20 weeks. Um, and they do, they change. And for experience, knowing that, it's going to last until maybe two or three years old and it'll start to slow down a little bit, obviously, but the dog just goes through this freaking mental, see, didn't swear, through this nutty phase, most of them. I know people breeze through and they get it very, very lucky and good, Mm -hmm. well done. That's, you know, um, very jealous of those, but some people will get to the point of, you know, like I said, 16, 20 weeks, they'll ask the dog to do something. They go, oh, it's brilliant off lead, let it off. And then he goes, oh, it's in the sheep field next door. It's decided to wander off because its confidence has just kicked in overnight. Mm-hmm. Just like a teenage daughter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, through experience. No. Are you are you going through that lovely teenage daughter mm. stage right now, yeah? Yeah. Good of. luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, not even, not even, not even actually a teenage yet, but you know. Um, but, yeah, but it starts but, earlier. Than what you're you not wrong. Yeah, I know no, it does. You know, and the thing is, and it it gives you a lot of understanding of, you know, that the these hormonal stages take a very, very long time, and they kick in very, very early. Yeah, you know, and it lasts. But unlike a human, we say two to three years with, with that that crazy stage. I mean, two lot up to the age of three. Yeah. Um, but when you look, it's pretty quick. But sadly, we don't. We can't sit down and talk to them, these puppies and dogs. So we have to do what we can do. So that's why people find it very, very difficult. Yeah. At that age, um, and that's why we have people that come to our puppy classes and go, "Nah, that's right, I'm done, thanks." And then they disappear for six months, and then give you a call and go, "It's really not, <laughs> really not going very well." Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, because this is the thing, isn't it? Because I think people, unfortunately, like we love having little schedules, don't we? And we love kind of going, right, well, at this period, it's this and this period, it's this and this bit's this and then we're good. It doesn't work like that. Like even from the five dogs I've had in my own house, living in the house. First of all, the girls were a shit ton easier than the boys. Fact. The girls were just easier. Um. And I'm not going to lie, Dodgers put me off having a boy now, even more so. Tizer had kind of set set the kind of thought in my head that boys were a pain in the ass, and Dodge has confirmed that boys are a pain in the ass. But I can remember Munch, we were kind of lucky with Munch. She probably got to about 10 months. We had about three, four months with her where literally it was like she'd never done any training and she hadn't achieved her silver award and she hadn't done yeah. anything in her world ever. But then we got out of that and actually her drive was super high for a few years and she was a little bit mental and crazy, but you could harness it and you could kind of put it to a job. Whereas I do see a lot of people have, they have the most, and it does make me giggle when people are like, oh, the puppy slept through all night, teething's going really well, they don't chew anything. Their house changed really quickly, and I'm just sitting there going, wait, just wait, just you wait. 
because they have to lure you into a full sense of security so that you've fallen in love with them enough that Keep you are going to put up with the bullshit of the next two years. Yeah, that's why That's why puppies are cute and that's why babies are cute. Because they go, look at me, and I, aren't we lovely? You're going to love me forever, even if you hate me at some point. Um, you know, <laughs> I think that's what nature did. Very yeah. clever, clever beings. Um, so... Yeah, and it's, like I said, it's just coming from experience, really, of doing, seeing thousands. Of, and as I said, there are people that go through these these periods and breeze it absolutely fine and good. And whether it's just pure luck, whether it's what they do, whether it's the right amount of exercise, whether it's, I don't know, or they, just, like I said, or they're just pure pure luck. Um, but those people, uh, they're the people that, I don't need to hear from because they're laughing. They're off. They're enjoying a puppy and they're taking it everywhere and it's all really good. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, good luck to them. If if that was the way that everybody could uh, be, great. I'd be out of a job after puppyhood. But, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it's people need help at that stage. And it's, a lot of it's just expectations. It's not always just about what you train them to do at that age is about what you kind of help them to live with, mm-hmm. help them to cope in certain situations and how you manage those situations. Cause the first thing to go will be recall. It's yep. always the one to go recall, recall. And then how can I get my eight month old, whatever hormonal male or female to come back? Well, long line secure field. <laughs> Uh, don't be too it's, close it's to called staying attached oh yeah well that's it you know and the thing and, and again this is this is generalizing because i know there are some people out there go whenever happened to me my dog's perfect good mm-hmm. um i'm very jealous but uh, you know I'm, what though even i've had two of those i've been very perfect. lucky even if your dog was perfect that one day where your recall fails and your dog fecks off that's the worst damn feeling in the world oh uh, yeah it's happened Happened a few times yeah. to me, you know. I've been caught out, you know, having the types of dogs that I've got and living in the area that I've got. Um, you think you're all safe, and something suddenly comes running out of a field you didn't see. Um, yeah. and you stand there and uh, you give you a recall cue, which you know is at that point not probably going to work. Uh, but I just keep going at it basically uh so hopefully when my um trained animal chasing dogs decide to stop um mm-hmm. they know where i am yeah basically. yeah and i'm completely honest yeah it's been a couple of times it's been pretty hairy uh but you know i would say 95 percent uh we're pretty good but there is just that odd time you know thing is with a dog off lead you can never be too short no. You can never be sure what's going to happen. And once the dog's off lead, it's got choice. Is it going to suddenly switch around and come back to you without even thinking, like, you know, conditioned? Or is it going to go, actually, one, I can't hear you because uh-huh. I'm so busy chasing and my adrenaline's pumping and everything's going through my head and I'm too far away uh, and I need to fulfil my end of chase, um, which is way more important than coming back. You know, and, and I'm honest with you, we got dogs that we will get to be able to spin around when you call them, when they're chasing something mm-hmm. in a certain environment. Then you've got a little whippet lurcher that's six inches off her hair's back legs. 
<laughs> and you start really? shouting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you start shouting and you know, and yeah, sadly it doesn't sometimes it, you don't they come back, but normally when they're knackered. Um you know, so this is the thing. Yeah, or, or the hairs actually managed to get to ground. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Right yeah, it's, it's yes. escaped. It's, it's done whatever it's done. The dog's got too hot, too tired. Um, or it's fulfilled its need. Mm-hmm. Because there has been the odd occasion where um, grabbing hold of something, feel fulfilling his job and just come ambling back. Right, but at done. the end of the day, though, we bred them to chase and dispatch things quickly. That's what we yeah. train. That's what we bred them for. So yeah. we have to understand that the genetics are going to play. Yeah, and I, I know that I know if I put enough effort in, I could probably call him off something running in in certain environments. It's like knockers in the field, um, I can call off in my own field. I can call mm-hmm. off rabbits. I can call off running rabbits. I can call off any kind of stuff that's chasing in my field in that environment in the field next door yeah it's different so it could look really good so i could film a piece of my dog chasing a rabbit in my film go here and she'd turn around on us i'd literally climb the fence going to the field next door <laughs> set a rabbit off running which probably wouldn't be good and probably isn't probably not going to work as well because that environment she's not learned it there and that's the yeah. thing with some of these things you know we, we can do it and we need to train in so many different places uh and as you said with that hormonal deafness stage it just gets so much more difficult when you've got dogs desperately wanting to be with their own species at sexual age if you like as well mm-hmm. not just sexual it's just understanding it's just finding out mm-hmm. uh, you know finding out about the world and going well actually this, i'm probably going to find out quite quite a lot from my own species yeah and really fun and once you're off playing with them and you're buggering off and running around with them why would you and I think this is one of the things that, like, I think sometimes with, as trainers, we kind of, you know, say to people, you know, you don't want your puppy meeting every dog and you want your puppy focused on you. And they're, oh, but it's all right. They can just play. And you're like, no, no, no. Because if you have literally let your dog go and say hi to everything, yeah. give it six months and you're going to really regret your choices. Yeah. I, and I think that comes down to, the old um social what is socialization and we're still mm-hmm. battling with this now we're still battling with what socialization is we've got a um we got a, an, an ebook coming out about socialization um and it's not just social socialization so for me socialization you should be social with your family unit and the dogs that your dog's likely to meet on a day-to-day or regular basis mm-hmm or whatever else is mm-hmm. the rest of it you just need to the dog needs to go well it's in the environment it's in the i don't you know it's fine like me walking down the street i don't need to go and say hello to everybody sadly in a small village they feel that i need to say hello to me because <laughs> i've been here all my life because <laughs> um, i grew up in a village as well uh, and yeah. like everyone says hi to everyone and then i moved out of the village and like dale was like why do you say hi to people and i was like He's used oh, to it. do we yeah, not yeah. do that right okay cool yeah. <laughs> Feel like, and that's what happens with dogs. <laughs> they just go say hello to everybody. But you know, I know we could do this for another twenty thousand years. This podcast, and we could say the same thing. But there are still some people who go, "My dog is better when it goes running around with other dogs." Cool. The dogs that go to daycare, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's fine. If that's if that suits our owner, if that suits our dog, great. But there are dogs out there that if you let them just play with other dogs, then 
come in to say, right, well, I need to see, I need a good recall is makes it not impossible, but in my experience, more difficult mm-hmm. because that learning of it's great fun. It's great fun. I just go up and say loud to every dog. So there's always gonna be an argument for and against or, or in between. Yeah. But it's always it's down to owners what they what they're happy with their dog doing. Uh you can't control everybody, you can't control the environment when you're out mm-hmm. necessarily, unless you're going to unless you pick and choose like we do. Or lovely, lovely private fields where you can just relax yeah, yeah, and let yeah. the dog run around for an hour or yeah. five minutes or however long you've got it for. Yeah. And then you pack them up and you go home and everyone is stress-free and had the best oh, walk it, ever. It, yeah, we are secure fields. So we we started our secure field must have been 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And when we started it, I, I only started it because it was the training field. I uh, had a couple of reactive dogs. And nobody, I didn't know anywhere in the country did it. Nowhere. Not saying we were the first, but I just didn't know. Maybe because yeah. of social media didn't really sort of go on about it as much as it does now but um but or more educated people and trainers to, to these areas but we knew nothing about it but the people that use it that some of them will go once or twice a week with adolescent dogs and just and come out and just they'll message me afterwards the first time they go oh my god that was so good mm. that was so nice to see them run and not have to worry um the dog can just bomb around for about 30 seconds and then go done that bit i'll just mooch around and sometimes i'll say you know if you if you took your dog home and asked it well, would you like to be in there with other dogs probably get, yeah but did you enjoy yourself on your own yeah it was really good yeah you know of course yeah, it probably yeah. but some of those dogs would go would you like to go running around with other dogs goes, yeah and then you do it and they go oh shit oh no i did it so one i'll give myself one swear yeah. um you know and it it all it's it's hard to tell, but you know we have massively social dogs, and at that age, the the, the risk of stuff going wrong is so big because that learning. I always explain it to my customers. So, if it's the puppy under sixteen weeks, so if you put a group of under sixteen week old puppies, again, this is just for experience, uh, in the field, and they all have a little bundle and they play, and it's all going to get too much. You know, it's going to get too much. Mm-hmm. Put them back in the next day, they're going to go, "Hello, mate, how are you doing?" And then kind of get back to it as, as normal. Once that hormonal, let's say, for argument's sake, 16 to 20 weeks, once you put him in after that six months of age, again, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you put them back in and they become like, um, so the puppies are like primary school kids. Mm-hmm. They have a row. They hate each other. Next day, do you come around my house for dinner? Type stuff. And then you go to secondary school, and this is talking for experience of being a teenage daughter parent as well. Um, and it works the same. And it's the same with puppies, uh, same with adolescent dogs. They go and have a row, and the next day they go, still don't like you. Next day, still don't like you. Next day, still don't like you. Next day, still don't like you. And it's the same with adolescent kids. Yeah. You probably remember that person um, that in uh, secondary school you fell out of, and you still don't like them now. Yeah, you probably remember the person in primary school, probably one of your best bloody mates, and you probably fell out with them quite a lot. So hormones do have a massive part to play in this when they come out of that puppy stage and they hit that adolescence and you just let them run up to every other dog and every other dog, because the chances are it's not going to go well all the time. Yeah, 
I mean, personal experience of that was um, Dodge and Bo, my friend Nikki's German Shepherd, there's three weeks between them. And they were like, they were busy mates. Yeah. We were like, we'd, we'd go round to Auntie Nick's house and we'd go round yeah. for walks and she's got land at the back and Bo would come for training and we'd go for walks with other dogs and it was really cool. And then lockdown happened. And unfortunately, yeah. the first lockdown was also just as adolescence uh, was kicking Yeah, in. yeah. And they opened the world and we were like, yeah, let's have a play date. Got to Nikki's, went, right, let's let the boys out. Bang. That lasted less than three seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just eyeballing, darling. Together, but they had to be on lead. Yeah. And we were both yeah. reinforcing, checking in with us. Because honestly, the pair of them now, they they are not off lead unless there's a fence between them or yeah. they are on lead. Yeah. Because now the pair of them have just gone, you. No. Yeah. And then nothing's happened. As in, no, you know, we could look at it and go, so we could we could really analyze it, which I know a lot of people would like to do. To go right, let's analyze it. So where were you parked? Who got the dog out first? Mm-hmm. What environment? What was happening? Who was this? Who was that? But realistically, it could just been got, they, they got out and they go, Joe, I don't like you anymore because you're an ad- you're a hormonal adolescent male, and so am I, and we've just happened to be meet met here, and yeah, we fell out. They met in the same place they yeah. always met, yeah. which was private land so they were off lead and you know you can do that well should they've been on lead but then that adds frustration Add frustration it was one of those things right we let them off lead they both went raw we went uh no boys that's not yeah. happening and then they went oh sorry we'll go for a walk together, yeah. but we have to be on lead cool yeah. fine perfect you just have to be on lead now but i'm still very mindful of dodge around male dogs yeah and you wonder if you if you did if you'd left it, would they have just sorted it out? Like people say, let them sort it out. Would yeah, they have just sorted it out and then they'd been okay? But they may have been. But one of the dogs shepherd. might have been, yeah, well, that's it. One of the dogs might have just, might have been put it, put in its place uh, to a point of going, well, nah, I'm not going there again. I'll, I'll walk, but I'm bloody terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just pointed, that's, and that leads, that was a beautiful segue, I love that. When it comes to adolescency stage and you're meeting people, the whole, they need to be told, no, 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 right, public service announcement. Your dog should be with you, doing dog things with you. It is not random Joe Bloggs' dog's job to bollock your dog at the park because your dog is being a rude little shit. No, and the thing is, and this is what I always say as well. We always, I, I totally agree with you. And yes, dogs will sort dog stuff out and they're better than us. Of course, they are. They're, they're the same species. But I always look at it it's from the other dog's point of view. If you're pushed to the point of when you need to bollock something, you, you're going to go through quite a lot of stress yourself. So, yeah. you know, it's not just going to walk in. The, the, the adolescent dog's not just going to walk in. The, the adult dog walks in. Misty would have done. She was pretty good at this, to be fair. So she's one in a million. But, you know, the, the adolescent dog walks in. Uh, then the male dog, the, the grown-up dog walks in and just goes, excuse me, don't do that ever again. The dog goes, well, I haven't done anything yet. You know, the dog's going to have to do something to rile the older dog up to a point mm-hmm. of going, now I'm going to tell you, because I've tried to tell you in so many different ways through body language and all that. Um, but yeah, so that dog's going to have to go through some stress anyway. So you're, gonna, so you're putting both dogs in a stressful situation, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I know stress happens and... But, but I do think there's a, there's a there's a limit of what what 
<laughs> what kind of advice should be? So I'm, I'm going to give a really personal situation now because the listeners know that I like talking about my dogs because they're freaking awesome. But Dodge is going to be staying with um, our fabulous friend, Becky. Um, Becky, hello, Becky, because I know she listens. Um, she has Hi, just Becky. acquired um, another little collie bitch. The Dodge needs to meet Scuba and Dodge needs to be okay with Scuba because Dodge is going to live in Scuba's house for a few weeks. So you say needs to, well, you would like to. Well, no, he <laughs> kind of needs to because there's no one else to look after him when I go. Yeah. <laughs> so needs needs to get on or needs to be to a point of where we're going to manage this within an inch of your life <laughs> exactly that so yeah. we are being so mindful with introductions how they're being around each other how because scuba's big sister fidget is one of dodge's bestest friends in the world and he loves her yeah and now fidget's got this new little sister and this new little sister's a little bit annoying so we went to a private field so they'd met at a show and we'd kind of done some parallel walking and they'd been near each other and then we went to the field and Dodge had a face fence on just for safety, control and management. Yeah. And actually, do you know what? He was all right. And actually, the puppy was being a bit freaking much room. She came out of a little little mouthful of flu for one yeah. point. It was like, whoa, easy popsicle. Sounds like Knox now. She's nine. Like, can we not eat the shepherd? And the shepherd's like, I've got a face fence on. I can't do anything. This what do I do? But actually, by the time we'd been walking together for five minutes, everyone was just sniffing and doing their own thing and everyone was neutral and chill. Yeah. This weekend, they've seen each other again. On lead, Dodge is like, don't want the freaking puppy near me. That's cool. And the puppy's going, I really want to say hi. And then goes, oh, yeah, I can't say hi to that one when he's on lead, can I? Cool. But off lead in a field together, absolutely fine. Yeah, and... Most, I, I do believe that most dogs are absolutely fine off lead together, even if they're a little bit emotional. Emotional yeah. is the word. Yeah, yeah I, I do think they do. Well, I, I know they will sort it out. But again, morally, is that right for us to do so? I don't know. Uh, probably not. Um, but from the dog's point of view, they go, yeah, but this is what we do. Maybe. I don't know. Because we've not. And we can't uh, get the dogs to talk to us yet, which... No, but they can communicate with each other. Yeah, yeah, they can communicate. And they can communicate with each other way better than we can communicate with them as well. Mm-hmm. So that's what, you know, going through this hormonal stage, the older dogs will know that the the the, the hormonal teenage adolescent dogs are going through that stage mm-hmm. um, because they'll smell. Yeah. <laughs> they'll see it happening. Um and they probably do know what to do. Even without being taught, they probably know how to deal with that other dog. But again, what amount of stress do you have to put the dogs through to go through that kind of stuff? So, it's, so sometimes it is easy to manage. But then on the flip side of that, which is always something that always comes up, is should you should you avoid those dogs meeting other dogs, those dogs meeting other dogs for a period of time? Because then is it going to get more frustrating? But... And they're going to be unsocial because they're not going to see dogs. So even from our point of view, it's a really hard balance. And then you go to a dog owner, just a, a customer, client. Right, I'm just going to dive in quickly before we go into the clients. But I think also one big factor is whether your dog 
lives on their own as the only dog in the house mm. or like Dodge, he lives with three older females. Yeah. So if one of the girls curls a lip at him or has a bit of a grumble, that's communication. They're yeah, allowed yeah, to yeah. go, dude, you're being annoying, piss off. Yeah. That's fine. But it means that he does understand what these signals are. I'm very cautious of what dogs he meets whether they're on lead or off lead but out of choice i would always have him off lead in a safe secure environment rather than just meeting random freaking dogs at the park yeah well that's it it's that's the thing and i know again there'll be people that listen and that do go and just let their dogs run off to other dogs and stuff and they say it's always been fine cool that's good well done you've been you've been lucky and Nice, but it's going to be pretty bloody rare. Let's be honest, you know, your dog just running up to random strangers and, you know, this saying about the owners, we, we put them in this situation and they go, well, should our dogs meet other dogs or shouldn't our dogs meet other dogs? We go, yeah, it's your choice, really. Why are you going through that hormonal weird stage? It's probably best just to be really mindful and managed and care because once they get to a certain age, generally... Mm-hmm. They just go, oh, yeah, dogs are all right, aren't they? Still yeah. my same species are okay, aren't they? And it's not that they were thinking that before. It was just, I'm just a, just a hormonal mess. Do you think, like, in what you've seen, again, we don't have any formal science behind this, but I'm, from my experience, I feel that people also that have male dogs have more problems during that adolescent stage of them getting in rows with other dogs or other dogs getting the ump with them just because there's so much testosterone going around and they are walking around like Billy Big Bollocks. Yeah, I'd, yeah, 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 no, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> tricky really. Um, yeah, I do get that. I, I find more, more adolescent males are, when we've been trying to do stuff with them, they're less inclined to take food. Mm-hmm. Because they are so, like you said, walking around like big, billy, billy big bollocks and they're all tense and everything like that. Yep. So, the adolescent dogs that I've worked with that I have that, that have struggled to interact with food, toys, anything like that, have generally been male dogs. Yeah. And they've been in that months, teenage stage. Uh, and then suddenly they just relax and go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you should have tried to give me a treat. Hey, well, I, I've tried giving you a treat for the last year outside. <laughs> and the dog goes, oh, yeah, I didn't really notice. I was too busy um, being horny. Just, yeah, basically just being right. a horny dirt bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you think if then you're not going to, if if you were, let's use the dog in the wild situation. I know piss people off but you know no, but village let's dogs be honest we all came from somewhere yeah 80 yeah. percent of the dog population in the world yeah. are village dogs that are feral and just wander around doing what the fuck they want to wander do. around going making puppies uh you know and they and you know and they and they'll be a little bit more out there they're not just going to sit in their little den sit out in front of their den in their deck chair smoking a pipe saying come on ladies let's come on in you know <laughs> They're going to be they're going to be out wandering, aren't they? I've now got a picture of a dog in my head in a deck chair smoking a cigar, just with some flashing lights by its den. So hopefully, all your listeners have now as well. <laughs> I feel there's a Facebook post coming. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna write one. 
It's giving it's give me inspiration. Yeah, I've got a bit of a kind of Hugh Hefner-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like Just, Peter Stringfellow, one of those yeah. kind of, yeah. You kind of picture how his legs would be now, where his legs, they could be hanging off the deck chairs. Yeah. Oh, I feel it would be legs sprawled. Yeah, you know, yeah, legs yeah. open, showing off the jaws. I feel obviously, like, if it's a daylight state, it's got to be cool. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. Because it's hottest day of the year, everybody. If you're listening, yeah, guys, we are we are recording in the past, so it's officially in the UK. We we're mm. all melting, and everyone's like freaking out. Um, hottest day of the UK ever, apparently. So that's yeah. why I'm sat in the, that's why I'm actually sat in the dark in my house. I've got no blinds, curtains, or anything open. So. Um, I'm I'm feeling very smug and happy that we have aircon in a room, and I'm sat in the air conditioned room with all the yeah. dogs that are currently asleep. Going, yeah. thank feck for that. That's the business I'm going no. into. I'm going to buy loads of air conditioned units. I'm giving up dog training because it's going to make me millions over the next few years. <laughs> Honestly, that's anyone that's listening, if, if you're doing any home improvement stuff like new kitchen or new living room, whatever, do consider putting an aircon unit in because yeah. for the three weeks of the year it's hot, it's fucking worth it. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. Um, but anyway, enough of the DIY. Um, yeah, but as I was saying, yeah, you know, dog, they're going to wander, they're going to go and they're going to, and you're going to get in trouble. You're going yeah. to get in trouble. You're going to go up to the wrong person. You're going to go up to the wrong female dog. You can go up to the wrong male dog in the wrong environment. I started to write a post about this the other day, but then I deleted it. So, as you know, I write lots of weird little quotes and stuff on my Facebook we, page. We like um, your post. We like your Insta. It's me. Yeah. So I write quite a lot of stuff on there. Uh, bloggy stuff. Most stuff's not too serious. But it's about dogs just being, you know, if you're hormonal, territorial, keep using that, that, that word, and you go out into your street, because we always say reactivity is, you know, a lot of people reactivity is born through fear. It's not, not all the time. Um, and you're a horny teenager dog walking down your road where you go every day, and then another horny teenage dog comes around the corner, or horny teenage bitch comes around the corner, uh-huh. and you're in that you're inclined. Um, you're likely to show quite a lot of frustration on the end of that lead and start bouncing around. Uh, screaming probably um, and it's going to end up you know aversive however because it's going to hurt the dog probably just by hanging on the end of the lead screaming at another dog so it's also the fact that they want to get to the other dog and can't get to the other dog yes yeah, that's what I mean it's, 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 <laughs> it's just aversive anyway because they yeah, want to exactly. go and yeah. treacle and they can't yeah so if you so if you imagine it was back in I don't know let's say back in the 50s or 60s maybe even later than that and he was in one of the big cities and dogs were just let out to roam and they were and they, they, that dog would have probably walked down the street they'd have probably had a pop at each other and the other dog goes oh i'm not going back down mm-hmm. road again because <laughs> because that's where the big the big lad lives yeah uh, you know and, and that's that's the thing when it gets to age as well you've got to deal with a lot more of that kind of stuff um so the troubles tend to happen you know puppies meet and they meet and they get all annoying with each other and it did you know up to about 16 weeks they meet on a lean it's just pure just manic because i want to play mm-hmm. then after that it gets a little bit more challenging so we say but i think as well and again this kind of circles back to that whole socialization thing but like when we've come across people out on walks that have got puppies and they're like oh can they say hi i'm like 
I, I will select which dogs I'm happy Yeah, okay, yeah, say hello to that one briefly and let's go. I'm like, oh, Cheek will say hello. She's yeah. a mama dog. She can, yeah. Munchkin is actually amazing with puppies, but yeah, she's yeah. getting old now. Yeah, she exactly. She doesn't need a fucking puppy climbing no. over her. At no point do puppies need to meet Dodge because he's a big entire male. Yeah. And that's really scary. And it's probably going to take about five seconds of anything, any serious damage to happen emotionally and potentially physically. Yeah. It, it would it would be like taking a little baby and like, I'm going to use Jason Momoa as the as Yeah, yeah, yeah. Example, shouting Dodge him. is a big, good-looking lad, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If Jason Momoa suddenly decides he's going to deck a baby... Probably not not that he does, and he wouldn't do such things. He's far too beautiful and wonderful for this to happen. But you you wouldn't put a toddler in the middle of the England rugby scrum. No. Why the feck are you putting your puppy yeah. in a situation where they're with all the bloody big? Because it would learn a lesson to be quiet and subdued and never do anything again. But would they though, or would they learn that adults are really or scary? Or run away? If yeah, that's what I'm saying, they would go shut. You'd, you'd become shut down, wouldn't you? Yeah. And this is this is what part of what I was writing the other day as well was about you know the reactivity and why why do why are we seeing much more reactivity in dogs we're not we're not we're just seeing the the uh behaviors being allowed to occur if you like because you think I think 30 years ago if a dog reacted what would happen if if you were walking a dog on along the street mm-hmm. if 30 years ago let's yes. say what would you have been advised to do to that dog probably bollock it tell it to stop bollock doing it, it and they wouldn't have done it yeah so 30 years ago you'd probably walk along the street and all the dogs have just been walking along you would have suppressed the behavior yeah, yeah, yeah they've just been quiet but also so now they can't now because we you know we are more we're understanding and we're not using those methods and not saying we should ever so please don't quote me yes no, no. I'm just saying, don't this, be a dick to your dog yeah exactly and we're not so part of the reason you see more of this because or it's outwardly seen is because because we're more understanding if a dog kicks off we're not well some people are we're not spraying them in the bloody face with a bottle we're not rattling them we're not choking them we're not doing any of this, this this stuff as much as I know some people still are but no long story um I'm not or advice we're not because no, we're not dicks to dogs no so you know we got we're looking at um, Can I add though the counter theory to this because I do get what you're saying, but also I think that the breeding have do- of dogs and how dogs are being bred and how people are acquiring dogs. Yeah, because it's probably the more dogs out there as well today, because the, the population's bigger of humans, so it's going to be. But back in the day, dogs. if your dog was a dick, you wouldn't have had puppies from it. Um. Yeah. Don't know. Because I can remember back in the day, if a dog had nailed someone, and again, this is is right wrong, this is just an observation of how society has changed, but if you had a dog that had nailed someone or was very aggressive to other dogs, they would either go to live on a farm, but they definitely wouldn't have gone, oh, but do you know what? We'll we'll make some money out of the babies, so let's just have babies because they look pretty. No. Yeah, I think, yeah, potentially. I right. think that I'm adds not... to it as well. That, unfortunately, like, I know for a fact, in Chihuahuas now, 
I am seeing, and this is a breed I have, it's a breed that I have bred myself. When I was picking a stud dog for Chica, size was one of the big, big things that came into it. Wait, I wanted a stud dog smaller to try and avoid cesareans. Guess what? It didn't happen. We still had an emergency C-section. But also it was temperament. And I see so many nervy, nervy chihuahuas now. And people think it's normal. And it's not. They're not meant to be fucking terrified. But when you breed two dogs that are terrified, guess what? You get puppies that are terrified. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not it's certainly not going to help. <laughs> it's definitely not going to help. Um, but yeah, yeah, breeding, I know, breeding particularly during lockdown did become a much more commercial venture. And, and it did. And, you know, that's not controversial. It's fact. Yeah. You know, just seeing the puppy boom that we had and knowing how busy we were and speaking to customers that you know, got puppies and I don't blame them. I don't blame anybody for getting a no, puppy no, no, during no, lockdown. No. Um, but, you know, a lot of them did pay a hell of a lot of money. And I know that there's, there are breeders now that cannot sell the puppies. I, I've, I've seen litters on social media that have, that are like 12, 14 weeks and they still have all the puppies and they cannot sell them. Wow. Yeah. And, and I don't know whether that's just pure luck of just, I've seen that on social media or the puppy boom is, is ending no, I, I, think, I think it's eased off I think it has eased off and I think that people aren't as home as much but also unfortunately the rescues are now starting to be absolutely heaving because those lockdown puppies are now in their teenage ages and, and the thing is and, it's not, work, and that uh, combination yeah, and, of hormones and back at work is not a good cocktail no and I, I and kind of coming and just making people feel a bit better about the, the lockdown puppy situation mm. um those those people who got puppies during lockdown and yes some of them will be in rescue centers because their situations would have changed and you know exactly. and the situation would have changed the dog would have changed and i'm not saying it was right or wrong i'm not judging anybody but also the rescue centers will be even more full because there were however many more percentage of puppies there were around being bred at that time mm -hmm. and beyond as, as we said you know that people nobody knew this was coming so people we weren't going nine months or you know however long before a year and planning these puppies before going i know lockdown's coming to make a fortune but when it happened people were were breeding dogs quickly yeah to get more puppies out very very quickly and we're, we're just seeing the back end of it now really mm -hmm. i think and it's going to be a little while yeah, as with everything as with our human lives we've, we're going to feel the fallout from this for, for many years yeah it, i think it's going to be really interesting as well to see how things like um but even like like your daughter's generation how the pandemic will have affected them oh uh, well, yes schooling massive mm -hmm. massive I had this discussion this morning literally this morning she probably lost, I know we're going slightly off tangent, but, but realistically, two and a half years of school mm -hmm. because of the, the going back in school and, and trying to catch up and not really being caught up, whether it's the education system, I don't know. But, you know, and that's everything. It's everything. It, so then you look at that in, 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 in dog terms. And, and I think for anyone that's got a dog that's aged between a year and three. Yeah. We, they are that lockdown puppies, you know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I got Dodge in the autumn, yeah. you know, he was the rehome, yeah. but 
then when that adolescence was coming in, that's when the first lockdown happened. And it was like, oh shit. But actually I can remember people being like, oh, you know, oh, we didn't manage to socialize our puppies properly. I think lockdown for those puppies was the best. That was amazing. What a time to socialize puppies. I wrote about that loads and I, I still get emails now saying, I've got a lockdown puppy. It wasn't socialized very well. It was, it was socialized. It was socialized safely, carefully, yes. managed, you know, managed. Two meter freaking distancing. By, yeah, yeah, by disease and government, you know, and I know there are some dogs, that, but again, with anything, we could argue this for the next thousands and somebody, somebody would turn around, another dog trainer, mm-hmm. expert would go, no, but they should have met thousands and thousands of puppies. Yeah, okay, cool. That's good. But for the puppy that doesn't like puppies, are you suddenly going to go, well, they like puppies now. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer that you, you, you're, it, socialization for me is about not just helping a puppy, but helping the owner, massively helping the owner understand what does also, your dog like? Quality over quantity. Yeah. My dogs, my dogs meet, obviously knockers meets more dogs because of the situation, but Bolo meets a handful of dogs that he, that he has, he meets dogs out on the street and stuff like that, but he doesn't interact with them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the dogs he does have to interact is with family unit dogs. Mm-hmm. Knox has to interact with dogs that, that, she, you know, she she lives with periodically. She's yeah. not like she's not a borrowed dog, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, no, she but, lives, you know, so she has to. She has to. She doesn't have to like the dogs, but there needs to be a point of where it can be managed. But you know, we expect these puppies to go out and like every other dog. And there are certain breeds that will literally be. I am your best friend in the entire world ever to every dog ever. Mm-hmm. and there'll be certain personalities as well yeah. but we're never going to get it perfectly right and this thing and I, i'll admit this you know i've been doing this for 12 bloody years i'm never going to get this perfectly right there will be puppies and adult dogs and adolescent dogs that i train i go was that the right decision i think it was in my 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 experience but there might be another dog expert comes nah, shouldn't have done that should have done this you know? And it may be valid what they're saying, but also yeah. they might be off the mark on it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because so you know, it's careful. And the thing is, every partnership, every family that you work with, whether family is one person, one dog, or whether it's freaking dogs, children, yeah. parents, generally grandparents, yeah. someone living in the house anyway, like yeah. every situation is different. And you have to look at how how the dog is coping and I think there is this real misconception isn't there that friendly means that they are wanting to say hello to everything to me a dog that is friendly is a dog that's just neutral yeah see that's what I'm I'm, I'm the same as you there needs to be a new word yeah friendly is like the wrong word I always say the wrong word because it seems like we're putting them in a situation where they have to accept neutral is a good word but then for some people to go yeah but the dog's a bit flat (laughs) <laughs> so there, there needs to be some kind of somebody will always whatever word we come yeah. up with there will always be a or oh, or oh, don't no, don't like that one even my head even in my head i'm doubting now so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna switch back and i'm gonna look at i'm gonna just imagine my dog in its deck chair with a cigar in its mouth for because a minute again, though, <laughs> just have a... well, my dog's really social well what does social mean because yeah i mean this again goes to the aging, you know, 20 year old me in a club dancing all night, surrounded by thousands of people, best night ever. Now I'm like, 
Well, that we sounds like quiet hell. Actually, can we just get a takeaway, have friends over and just have a nice little quiet... I say that unless I've had loads and loads of drinks and I'm off. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, no, never. It sounds like hell to me. But yeah, but when I was younger, it would have been great fun. But you know, you go through, and white dogs are allowed to go through, go through phases. But we notice with our dogs, not just it's hot, you know, knockers is... So people don't know my dog's called Knockers, by the way. Her real name's not Knock. Uh, but Knockers, <laughs> uh, Knockers is, uh, she's nine in, at Christmas. Bolo's eight. I think, mm-hmm. he, I think he'll be nine this year. Not too sure. Um, but even just seeing their develop, you know, when you know Knockers, when Knockers was was a six-month-old, yeah, absolute knobhead. Yeah, she was <laughs> such an idiot. You know, I could take her anywhere because she was so social. Uh-huh. so social and that's been her. she's so so sociable yeah. so whenever she saw dogs on the end of the lead she was screaming at that age because she was desperate to say hello uh-huh. i've she's she's never had what well, she's say she's never had a dog fight she's had a couple of issues spats around food and that's been in my own house but she's never had that's an issue different. That's, yeah yeah that's totally different. resource and that's yeah, exactly and that's the thing so for her her when she was an adolescent she was just, I remember uh, she was around about nine months old, and I thought that'd be right. Let her off where I was in the middle of nowhere, literally middle of nowhere. She, I'm, you know, she's absolutely fine. So, but I, I live in the fens, so I can see for four hundred oh, miles. Oh, it's just flat. Me. Y'all don't yeah. even know what an incline is. It's like <laughs> a table. It's just a flat. It's. It. I always explain it like a ship, Holland. <laughs> the fens. Yeah. It just is. It is. That's why. That's why the road's called um, uh, Little Holland or whatever it's called, South Holland. I don't know. Anyway, but where I live is boring. Um, but yeah, I'd let her off at nine months. I think that ah, she's all right. It's pretty good. Got a good recall. And I saw a dog and a human in the distance, about like pinprick size. And but when she was young, she was quite fast and fit. I was like, ah, she'd be all right. Nope, gone. See you later. Just, phew, just gone. There's me four four fields later. <sighs> sorry, sorry about the dog. You know, and it happens all the time because she was so driven to get to that dog. But and first of all, friendly. First of all, you ran over and went, sorry. Yeah, I, 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 no, I went <laughs> like that first because I couldn't breathe. I think I was trying to say sorry. I think I, think I must have written it down because I've been I was dying. <laughs> Showed yeah. in your phone screen. Did you? No, because it's still there. She's still there because she's like, oh, you're all my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was that. And but now she she walked down the street and go, all right, <laughs> the dog, whatever. But you know, because you, we all go, you know, we like we said, we go through these stages of development. So so do dogs. You know, it's not why I work with puppies because it's easy. Working with puppies freaking hard, mm-hmm. and they don't come as a blank canvas as everybody keeps saying. Yeah, public they service announcement. With, uh, they come with all sorts of all sorts of stuff going on. You know. So if we can get that as best we possibly can, you know, when we when we're socialising our puppies and doing, we're doing all we can. We and and, and as advising as or me as a puppy expert, we're advising the best we possibly can. What we think is right, mm-hmm. and we're never going to say, "Well, just do that," because you know, whatever. It's do this because this we think this yeah, is going to yeah, help, yeah. and for experience, let's do this. Let's let's get your dog. You know, the puppies I'm working with at the minute are the, the two I can sort of picture in my head at the minute. You know, 
their owners are desperate to socialize them but they've got massive families i think like outside families you know mm-hmm. and i said get though get your puppy used to that lot that's priority yeah then also the stuff that's outside and blah, blah, blah. but then other dogs will we'll, we'll do that over time and when we do our puppies social sessions it's not necessarily to socialize the puppy it's an education for the owners to see how, what their puppy's personality is like mm-hmm. normally getting them used to bits and pieces in the field which is cool but it's more feedback for the owners to go right your, your dog doesn't like that kind of attention let's call it attention because even when we call it play i don't like to always call it play because it's not no, are you, sometimes are you, are you playing play. when you're running away from something because you're shit scared Play can play can switch yeah. into something very different. Yeah, yeah. play something where it's 50-50, it's mutual, it's yeah. fun, everybody's having a lovely time. Yeah. A dog being chased around and around and around the puck isn't play. That's a dog going, how do I get away from this thing? Uh-huh. And we see this in puppyhood a lot. And then we get that to that adolescent stage. And the, the, the horny males just running around, running, chasing the dogs, not through play. It's because it... You know, it's, it wants to make babies mm-hmm. or get rid of those dogs that are on its turf. Yeah. Know? And that does happen. And I don't care what anybody says, but there is a lot of territorial stuff that goes on out there with hormonal dogs. Going back to village dogs, they have their own little territory. You've got an area. Of course you have. We all live in areas. We all have our own house. You don't just go walking other people's houses. No. Or you got... See? And I'm back to my dog in its deck chair, smoking a cigar with its flashing lights outside his den. Work, work, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the other thing with, with you saying about them not being blank canvases, I'm really fortunate at the moment. I've got a few friends that have had puppies over the last, I'm going to say, since the beginning of the year. So probably like start of 2022, they've got puppies or they just got puppies the end of last year that have come from what what I would say are gold standard breeders. You know, hmm. the, breed, the matings have been carefully selected. Yeah, they've done the best they possibly oh can. Oh, my God. The yeah, difference yeah. in those puppies in this adolescent stage yeah. is... So well-rounded. Impressive. And... I mean, so we were at a competition this weekend, took Chica down to a little prize giving so she could come and see some people and have people coo over her. And um, one of my friends, the most delicious little poodle ever. And Chica, straight away, her ears went up and her tail went up. And she went, I would like to be friends with that dog, please. Chica doesn't do that very often. And it wasn't the typical age of dog that she would normally interact with in that way. But she just went, I think she looks lovely. And you know what? This puppy's manners, because she is still a baby, are impeccable. Yeah, and so I'm going to give your so year old dog when yeah. this dog that's under a year old, I'm going to have a little play with her actually because she's yeah. Young. So I'm going to so this is this is obviously a lot well a lot down to the the breeder. So the breeder's oh. actual breeding and genetics, blah blah blah, all that stuff. The good the how it's you know it's temperament and mum's breeding for the right dogs and you know in the right envir- environment being brought up and you know whatever she did with or he she did with the puppy socialising, but. Also, what that breeder would have done was hand-picked, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine, hand-picked, really experienced or knowledgeable 
or owners that and she would have educated them so then that learning and that hard work would have passed on because you can be the best breeder in the world and you could just do everything you possibly can that puppy's probably going to be okay but if you give it to somebody that knows nothing about dog not going to say not saying they're going to mess the dog up but i'm going to say the chances are carrying on you know you've got a better chance obviously but that education needs to be passed on to the owner as well which is hopefully what when they come to us and as we said by the time they get to us the breeder might have done an amazing job and then maybe not pass on as much information and then because of vaccinations and stuff the puppies come to us and some of them come to us way too late 14 15 weeks and we're like bloody hell that's that's six weeks that dogs out of not not necessarily going through where we would like to to have gone and you know mm-hmm. um so you know hopefully minimal that guidance there will go minimal guidance yeah 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 and you know so you're that breeder has, has obviously brought those dogs up really really well and passed on the information so she sounds like he he she sorry would just done an amazing job I'm not saying owners are at fault. They're not at fault. We're, we're all at bloody fault for bringing these species into our homes and expecting them to be given, given massive expectations to yeah, these yeah, yeah. poor creatures sometimes. But I also wonder because, um, again, another trainer friend's got a lovely bird puppy, amazing, amazing lines. Um, one thing that's been really interesting following her journey and Jodie I'm giving you a shout out on this Jodie's been a guest on the podcast and we actually spoke about her getting this puppy when we recorded the episode um she's really letting her be a puppy Mm. and I think this is one thing that as trainers or people within the profession we either on ourselves or by our peers there's a lot of pressure for what are you doing with that oh yeah no so <laughs> let's let's unpack that a minute because right. we sit from so, both sides. I, so the first thing I tell my puppy owners when they come into a puppy class, and okay. the first thing on week one, it always it always scares them and makes them cry. You don't really cry. But the thing is, the first thing I say to them, you know, I say, hello, my name's Lee. And I said, just just to let you all know, by the time your puppy leaves here in six weeks' time, I promise you it's not trained. And they go, <gasps> I go, it won't be trained, guarantee it won't be trained. But what we'll do, what we'll kind of do is make your dog, you know, give you enough advice that you can go along, you can train. But let's let's get your dog used to just hanging out in the hall with other dogs. And yes, we have to go through training exercises because why would you come to a puppy training class and not do it? But again, that doing, the doing, doing, and this is something that we're going to cover quite a bit soon, really, is things like, and the one most important thing. So we know we recall is the most important thing for a puppy, but also the, the obsession of loose lead with a puppy. And I know we do it and I teach loose leads a lot, but it should be called lead work, not loose lead all the time. And, I, and I'm guilty and we've got it because that's what people want. But for some people, the expectations to get a puppy to walk loosely on lead, as you said, it's, Puppy needs to look at me. Puppy needs no. Your puppy needs to go. Right, I'm gonna. Have, this is my second swear. I think. Shit, I'm scared of that thing over there. Can I just have a little look at it? And you go, no. You need to look at me, and I need to chuck you a piece of chicken in your mouth. And the dog going, 
but I'm really scared. I need to know what that is, whatever it may be. And if we let the puppy kind of just hang out at the end of the lead and take it in and go, oh, yeah, that's right, and then look back at you, that's much more beneficial than trying to trot your dog along the street. You know, these things will come because, as we said, you might have a perfectly loose leader walking puppy, and this is, again, generalising. You may have a perfectly loose leader walking puppy up to 16 weeks and then suddenly goes, see you later, my ball's kicked in or whatever. <laughs> Guess the ovaries kicked in. My legs, are long, my legs are longer, so I'm going to walk even faster. Yeah, yeah. and it, you know, and it's going to go backwards so a bit. This weekend, in fact, no, the last week, um, Dale's been helping with Dodge because I've had a little thing happen and I wasn't able to walk him on my own. I needed adult supervision. Yeah. And Dale actually turned around and went, he's starting to walk on lead right now, isn't he? Yeah. I'm like, he's three next week. Yeah. But this is the thing as well. You know, it's not that I haven't done the training. Nope. And this is the other difference, right? If I ask him to come in to heal yeah. and do heal work, yeah. that is completely different to what I need him to do on the road. All I need is for him to not be racking my shoulders. Oh, out yeah, just walking, just mooching the end of the leg. That's the criteria. Yeah. Do not pull my shoulders out of the sockets. I don't even care if you're next to me, in front of me, beside no. me, switching sides, whatever. So my my, my passion is lead lead i love teaching we'll call it loosely work because that's how we have to call it because that's what people want so that's my thing is i love teaching loosely walking lead walking yeah because it it's the biggest after recall it's the biggest frigging stress of people's lives and when people have this your dog must walk perfectly and not pull you it's like yeah smiley lead stuff i get all that which is fine but actually if your dog can just be at the end of the lead but not pulling not killing itself no damage but it can be free to be doggy i'm going to use that neutral word again yeah 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 neutral yeah yeah totally yeah just a neutral walk that's just yeah just having a mooch that's great and i appreciate there are some people that really need that that can't do that and they need a little bit more help but you know there are things that can help and i'm not talking about any aversive stuff so mm-hmm. please listeners don't get me the wrong way there are other things that can help but you know so the thing is with that and again going through that adolescent stage when you're trying to loosely walk your dog and you've got this nine month old male horny wreck that's going i ain't taking food there's nothing interesting about food out here this mm-hmm. is, food is not even secondary it's it's not even a reinforcer, is it? It's gone no. so far down the list of things that are important. But sometimes it becomes aversive. Yeah. That food can become aversive. And I've seen this quite a lot because the owners have been so, and this is, again, whenever I'm talking about this, it's for experience, it's not disrespect, disrespecting any owners because I know any everybody tries their best. But food has become aversive. I've seen people get food out of their treat patch and the dog go, because mm. almost like, a, that's going to be shoved in my face. Like me with... So my mum, when I was a kid, my mum used to make pork steaks and put tin tomatoes on it. And it's just, I can't tell you how disgusting it is. It's making me gag now. No, I know. It's the worst thing in the world. a vegetarian that doesn't like tomatoes. Yeah. I can't think of anything worse. Yeah. Horrific, right? But my mum used to force that stuff down me. So even now in my head, although I love, I love pork, and I, don't like, I don't mind tomatoes. But even even in my head now, my head's my brain is mm-hmm. fizzing at that thought. 
and that's that's you know food's a reinforcer um but that sometimes can be happen with with some dogs you know at that at that stage where they're going will you stop shoving food in my face i do like mm-hmm. but you're trying to shove this down my throat when i don't like it and then that we get that association and i see that a lot with the these adolescent dogs and sometimes it's a case of just let it but as long as it's not trying to kill another dog, as long as it's not trying to hurt a human or, or whatever, as long as it's well managed, as long as it's not causing you any safe any safety issue, just let it be but one for of a the while things, and let it decompress for a while. One of the things that's helped with Dodge um, is having a toy. Um, yeah. Love, like, it's generally on a bungee thing. His new favourite, his favourite toy is... It's basically like a rubbery egg thing that yeah, has a yeah. unicorn inside it. Nice. He loves nice. his unicorn yeah. toy. Um, he's literally the favourite treasure of all the treasures. But I noticed, especially like at competitions and stuff this weekend, I've let him pick what toy he wanted to take to the ring with him. And as we come out of the ring, the ball goes in his mouth and we trot back and he is on that toy. Yeah, happy. He's yeah, yeah. Because he needs that fulfillment release he needs yeah. that right i've done the running now i need to do the chomping his complete sequence he's gone oh that's my t- oh i feel so good after yeah. doing it's like me after a swim this morning i had to eat i just i weren't hungry but i just i oh, just i've had a swim and now i need to do something normally the weekend it's a pint <laughs> i was with a pint but you know today I have a swim it's like, I, just, I just need to eat something you just feel good you just feel, oh, no matter what it is and yeah, yeah and i think I think people misunderstand how toys are helpful within that sequence. You know, be, yeah, yeah. oh, well, they like playing balls. So here we go. Dodge has never, ever, ever been allowed to play with tennis balls. No. Ever. No, no, no. Mainly because for German Shepherds, if you do not know this, German Shepherds have a habit of swallowing them. Yeah, exactly. And they are a choke risk. But also, when we're playing with a toy, it's when we... Yeah, exactly. We're buggering off. Together, yeah. having fun. And yes, I'll throw a toy out for him and he'll yeah, yeah. back or whatever and we'll play tuggy. But for him, tugging stuff, but actually chomping stuff, chomping, which yeah. if you look at his genetics, that's not a bit of his motor pattern. That's no, kind of but that's what he likes to do. But then you think, well, actually, no, German Shepherds aren't herding anymore. They've been bred to enjoy biting things. Yeah. At the end of the day now, especially things that are a bit soft and a bit fleshy, if they've come from potential security lines. Yeah, well, I think, again, again, depends on where it's come from, doesn't it? But, exactly. Um, but knowing kind of the little I do about him and making lots of assumptions, him having that need fulfilled of, I can chomp on something. I see it loads with Staffords. Staffords like chewing things. But but that's it. But, but all dogs do. If we, if we look at all dogs, like to chew, but it has to be the certain thing. It has to be you know certain dogs will have that disposition. That I just want to bite anything anyway because it makes me feel really good. Yeah, Some dogs go destroyer of all. Yeah. So Knox Knox will have to go and go off in you know in a corner. Not because she's guarded, but she goes. I feel comfortable just having this little <laughs> chew. I'm a bolo lay in the middle, squeaky bloody avocado and zebra. I know. <laughs> Not a real avocado, but you know. He's posh. He's got his avocados are okay, just not the stones, guys. Yeah, 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 a lot. yeah. Like yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah. of avocado, they're not gonna die. The fat. stone for that. The stone was a the stone was a tennis ball. Well, such a clever toy. The, the, the yeah, stone was a tennis ball. Pretty cool toy, actually. Yeah. So, you know, but that's his thing. He'll just lay and he'll just he'll just mouth it like a snake. Mm-hmm. You know, and it 
certain times, but you take them out on a walk for my dogs, throw it, and they'll go, or even get out of your pocket. They'll go, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? Why have you bought this out? Put it back that's in your a, pocket. That's a house toy. Exactly. Well, we're not interested in mouthing anything. So none of the tuggy, tuggy toys are used indoors. They are <laughs> training and in the van, and yeah. those are when we're out of the world. In the house, it's calm, choose, or, I mean, he does have a unicorn. There is a unicorn theme in uh, yeah, not surprised. <laughs> it was but you know what I'm, I'm what I'm saying is just to just to make sure people are aware before I go off too much on it that I'm not saying don't train your dog. You got to train your dog. You there, there's certain things that training your dog, teaching your dog skills, should we say, are very very important. Of course, are. that's what that's why I'm still doing this job. You know, as I said, things like recall, you need to be training yes, your dog. Yes, that, you only you teach do. your dog one whole thing in its whole yeah. entire life. Recall. Teach it to come back to you. If it runs out the front door, teach it to come back to you. If it jumps out of your car, teach it to come back to you. If somebody lets your dog out from somewhere it shouldn't, teach it to come back to you. If your dog's lead snaps, teach it to come back to you. And I'm saying teach it to come back to you, and I'm not saying it's got to come back to you. You've got to be the best thing in the park. You've got to be the most exciting thing in the world because that's not the thing. I can't <laughs> run. I can't run faster than a bloody rabbit or a hare. I know I can't. I've never tried. and I definitely couldn't, you know. But, yes, I will make myself interesting and valuable and safe and comforting to my dog and reinforcing to my dog. So my recall is, and I always say my recall is likely to work. Mm -hmm. So when I say likely, there's a chance that it is might. Can, can we just do another quick public service announcement, right? You are never, ever, 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 ever in your long-legged life going to have a dog that's recall is 100%. No, no. So the reason being is because there's choice out there. And the choice can be, even if you trained your dog so aversively that your dog is too absolutely terrified to run away because something really bad's going to happen. You can't tell me that at some point in that dog's life, that dog either goes, this is my opportunity, I'm off, because, yeah. you know, I need to avoid this bad stuff. Mm -hmm. Or it goes, that thing over there well. that I don't care what it is, I will go through hell and my high water to get to that thing, and I don't care how much it hurts. Mm -hmm. So there will be a point in, in that dog's life at some point that will happen. I saw it, was, I think it was... um. There's no disrespect to shepherds because they're amazing and colleagues and stuff. They're twice, um, though, dude. We know this. No, I mean, no, no I mean, before shepherds. you carry on saying that, I mean, human shepherds. Oh, yeah, they're not twice. <laughs> yeah, apologies. Actual, actual people that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, have, I they look after sheep. There we yeah, go. Yeah, I can't remember where it was, but there was, um, there was somebody just, just watching something and somebody working with a dog, and the dog, amazing, the person was unreal. And the dog's doing its job in, in with the sheep. And then suddenly the dog went, see you later. Hopped the fence and just basically just ran off, chased it. I don't know what it was, but just chased something the other side. You know, it's a really well-trained dog. And, you know, we know these dogs will have a better recall than most dogs. But it was gone, you know. But that's the thing, though, isn't it? A working sheep dog that actually works sheep. Is, it, and... is in the process of working and just decides, see you later. Yeah. That so that shows that there is that one. What there is an opportunity. There's a chance if you're going to take. You know, there's an opportunity. Something just suddenly go. Oh, I'm off. Oh, I'm, I'm in. I'm having a lovely time, but that looks good as well. And in you're off. You know, and, and it does happen. You know, and it, and to give and to say you'll you'll have a hundred percent 
recall, I don't think gives Dog enough uh, credit for their intelligence of going, no. Nah. You know what, though? I also feel <laughs> that it's detrimental to the fact that they are, at the end of the day, a sentient being. Yeah. <laughs> they've got, that's what I mean. They've got, they've got, oh. They can think, they can think things through, not quite like us, but they can go, do you know what? That's more fun. More no, but there have been or that's more drivey. That that's more of my urge. I'm off. So camping this year, first camping trip of the year. Chica escaped three times from the yeah. fortress. We had to put a harness on and tether her in the end because otherwise yeah. she was just going wandering off. off. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing, and 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 why wouldn't they? You know, dogs. They are going to wander and they are going to chase things. You know, we we bred them for thousands and thousands of years. But when Some you think that's Chihuahua that yeah. is being a scapes, but yeah. you know what? She go. We call them her little chuckers adventures. She goes yeah. off adventuring. Yeah, yeah, yeah just wandering off. Just yeah, I, I think I think I uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding. Uh, Say what you want, it's fine. You can apologise after. But I think, obviously, the amount of dog trainers there are now in the world and social media content and things like mm-hmm. that, I do think for partly with almost pressuring owners into... And it's why I write a lot of this on my uh, own Facebook page is about things don't happen, you know, Rather than going, you know, you need to do this. You've got a reactive dog. We need to make it unreactive. We've got this. You need to do this. If you've got a dog that pulls, you need to do this. Actually, all we need to do is make sure that you and your dog's life is happy and relaxed and neutral, if need be. Yeah, see, I'll use that word now. So it's just an understanding, really. And we're kind of going through this period of going from what was back in the day, mainly aversive to then learning about the the, the modern way, if you like, and then... Mm-hmm. You mean science? Way. Yeah, the scientific... But it was always science. You know, it's, it was always science back there. It was just... It was it worked. It had to work. Mm-hmm. It did work. We know it worked. Um, but then going to the to the side of training all and the education, and we could probably sit here and talk about another... 100 industries are probably going through the same thing now mm-hmm. which is all changing and rightly so as it is but i think we also need to make sure that we're kind of changing our expectations of dogs our expectations of dogs so many years ago was walk along the street don't bark at anything if you do I'm going to either spray in the face with some water i'm going to rattle or i'm going to rip your head off basically mm-hmm. dogs going to have something bad happen to it so you're too scared to do so you will come back because if you don't come back you're, you're going to get in the bollocking then then to now we're kind of going oh, why is the dog doing this which is perfect we should be understanding why the dog but we should also be going how can i help the dog mm-hmm. not necessarily what can i train the dog to do this is how can but we should obviously but mm-hmm. how can i help the dog in the situation can i change my can i change my lifestyle slightly because you've changed your diet you change your lifestyle anyway but getting a bloody dog yep so sometimes, and when you say, right, all you need to do is this. There's a small change to your lifestyle. It's too much. No, it's not. But too much was getting a dog in the first place and changing your entire life that you're yeah. involved. And if you've got one dog, then you get another dog still going to change. You get, you lose a dog, you get another dog still going to change. It's a different dog, with different personalities. 
exactly that different needs yeah different, everything's got yeah. different yeah. needs you could needs. even get might be even different medical from the same breeder yeah. that was related to your first dog and it yeah. will still be a different dog 100 different yeah so it's going to change everything and you may need to change your lifestyle to to just make it more comfortable and yes i'm a dog trainer that's what i do and that's what i advise people to do but i'm also a realist with that kind of stuff of going actually some of these things won't work and the reason they won't work is because well they will 100 work but because some of these people haven't got time and they don't even if you give them a schedule they don't have time to do it. All, all all the skills no matter how much you educate them to go through that period of that and it's just case just get through it get through that horrible time of your dog's life where they're really really struggling you'll come out the other end and you would probably find this little balance between now and then and go oh isn't that nice and then look back on your dog and go oh i liked it when he's a bit of a knobhead <laughs> did you do you do i look i look at Knox now and i'll go oh remember when he was a bit of a dick it was good fun and then every now and again she'll come and bite my knees and go oh yeah i remember that. i don't like it mm-hmm. yeah you know, but it's but nice you, when they're like a bit of a knob like once a week rather than like... Yeah, yeah, every, not every morning when she wants a breakfast and she's standing <laughs> at the bottom of the stairs trying to bite your knees going, come on, Dad. She snaps her teeth at you. I find it quite funny and maybe I reinforce it a lot, but, you know. That was the other thing I was going to ask because, like, obviously in, in our household, rough play and teeth on skin is absolutely unacceptable when it comes to me. Yeah. Yeah, Dale. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll do it all day like long. Dale, that's down yeah. to him. That's his problem. But, but again, that's again. And I'm not saying credit. let your dog bite random people. No, no, no. But giving dogs credit. So this, I wouldn't advise this. I'd never advise this to anybody. But like Buster, my old dog. You remember Buster? Buster mm-hmm. used to. I could play with Buster like my hands in his mouth, and I, I'm not going to even say how it was taught because I don't know. Um, it, it was just, just pure luck. Yeah, just one of the things, yeah, it's one of the things he did. And he would literally mad my hands. You know, Buster was 34 kilo old English cross thing. So he'd mouth my hands so gently and it and he'd do it with me, but then he wouldn't do it with anybody else. Mm-hmm. Even if anybody would come over and try and do it, he wouldn't do it. But yeah, just a learnt thing. And again, that's what but he did. Also, that's that's that kind of that's that people dog bond thing that understanding we had an understanding because yeah. uh, you know give him credit for being an intelligent beast which he was yeah you know you know I, I joke you know you're in dodges in a circle when he does a middle or peekaboo position yeah 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 you're my friend now you, well, you know that if he comes and does a middle on you that means yeah. you are in the circle and you are safe although bless him he does it to my mum she's only like five yeah, yeah, yeah. Foot, isn't she yeah. she's a bit little for him to do that yeah and but then you he know, squeals but, but, and I laugh you, and he you, goes, that's fun, let's do it again. But again, I, I, it's great with all the science and everything, all the understanding coming out and, and things, and I, I get it. And there's, But we have to remember the people that particularly I'm working with are generally, I'm not saying this disrespectfully, novice pet dog owners. No, but you know what, though? I I've, I sometimes wish my brain was back there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh God, yeah. Walk it, I... that, that knowing what I know just means yeah. I catastrophize I everything instantly. Uh, when I teach students, um, I'll say to them, just before, before they've started any education in the dog training industry, so just at the moment, just picture where you are now. 
remember that dog that when you looked at you drove into whatever course we're doing this morning and go that was a nice fluffy dog but when you go home i promise you if that fluffy dog's out there you go that's a nice fluffy dog oh but look at the way it's walking look at his body language look what the owner's doing and that overanalyze it and i i think i've gone full circle now i'll just drive along and look at dog note nice dog I'm going to pay no attention to anything that's happening. No attention. Just keep driving, keep driving. Nice dog, though. Yeah. I saw a Facebook post this morning, and I'm really sorry. I can't remember who wrote it, so I can't give them credit. So apologies. But it was like, novice dog owner. Any old treat shoved in the pocket, flip-flops, or I think it said Crocs, which I'm dispelling that because no. Uh, um, A bit of an old-looking lead. Nothing major. Then it was like, intermediate dog trainer best leads possible best oh, treats in a treat street pack, correct footwear all the top stuff best toys experienced dog fleece. person don't forget the wolf fleece experienced yeah. dog person flip-flops or crocs yeah hot dog shoved in a pocket oh uh, yeah if that favorite lead that you've had for years yeah and maybe a couple of poo bags in every other uh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah place. yeah and it don't, so you have done the circle Headphones on, not talk, on your phone. Yeah, Lady, don't do it. No, do you know what though? I have, and Steve Mann's um, told me this before as well. Headphones in, nothing playing. It's just oh no, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just I don't have to talk to him really. And also, that what I can do is I can pretend I didn't hear my dog barking and another dog as well, so I don't have to go. Sorry, so I'll just, just oh, my dog sniffing something. Keep walking. Yeah. Oh my god! But it's true though, isn't it? The more the more you start learning, the more you're like catastrophizing, and you're thinking, "Oh my god!" And like, I can remember being well. There's been a few occasions when Dodge has been out in public. Dale's been with me. Oh, it's so stressful walking with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'm preempting. Uh, yeah, this might happen. This might happen. When do I get the food? I'm a helicopter parent. Yeah, it's happened. Yeah. And if I, I, there's obviously, you know, I'm not going to do my career any disservice because <laughs> I'm going to talk myself out of a career in a minute. Like I said, I'm going to go and do whatever I was going to do. Oh, yeah, selling aircon. That was it. So go. I can go so after this. You're fine. Yeah, so after this, I can quit. It's fine. Actually, I need that's really hot in here. Um, <laughs> so, well, yeah, so it, it, I think we've got to have this. And this why I'm, I've always been so honest with my clients. And there was, so if two clients like two weeks ago, and I'm not going to say who they were, what dogs they had or anything like that, but they had both of them had adolescent dogs, and both of them were due to go on holiday to weirdly the same place. I'm not going to say where it was in this country this week. And these dogs are big, and both dogs are big, and both dogs are nutty males because they're in that mode and they both have young children affectionately known as the twatty teenage stage pretty much yeah not the kids the dog <laughs> just pointing that bit out as well <laughs> definitely get himself in trouble today um so the dogs so the dogs are at that 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 teenage stage and they're big and they're just they're you know they're nuts and they want to take the dog on holiday i said look i think you should leave your dog at home not on its own with a border or get friends or family to look after your dog and go away and, have, and enjoy your holiday. Mm -hmm. I want to take the dog. It's like, okay, take the dog, but I promise you the chances are 
you're not going to have a very good holiday because you're going to be worried about the dog. You can't mm-hmm. take the dog here, there, there, then there. You can't take the dog to the beach because the dog's going to lose your nuts. And you can, you can, but you can spend the dog time in sand dunes, hiding away, feeding it up dogs. So, you, you know, so they've uh, got the uh, family to look after the dog, both of them. So they've gone on holiday without the dogs. So they're going to have a lovely holiday. Yeah, dogs going to have a lovely, they're going to have a lovely time. Dogs are happy. They're going to come back and they're going to go, Blimey, weren't that nice? And let's take the dog away, maybe in a year's time when the dog's a little bit less fizzy. And again, this is how I explain it to my owners when we're looking at puppyhood versus, I can't remember if I said this last time, puppyhood versus adolescence. Mm -hmm. So imagine a bottle of Coke. You get a bottle of Coke and it's sat on the side, that's your puppy. Shake it up, that's your later puppy. Mm-hmm. start to undo the cap and it starts to all go that's your adolescent that's between your sort of you know year old to three years nutty mm-hmm. stage and then by the time you hit three years it's all coming back down again it's all starting to ch- kind of uh settle yeah bottle of coke and all the fizz is coming back down maybe got a little bit left in it but if you imagine it like that but it's a bottle of coke shook up over three years Mm. you know and people can kind of see that and they go oh bloody oh yeah that's my dog's brain exploding yeah and then it starts to come back down like i said you still got that little bit of fizz at the end of three years and it's still still nice a little bit bubbly yeah. um but it's not going through the roof if you like once you shook it and you took the lid off and the, the literally the, the froth goes and through yeah, the roof. Yeah, yeah. that's what you're hitting around that you know that let's say six to nine months six to yeah. a year old stage yeah Definitely. Yeah. One thing that was really, um, really lovely as well this weekend being away um, with Dodge was I had so many people go, oh, my God, he's so much better. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, because he's older. I mean, part of it with him as well is we've got the pain meds, right, which has made yeah. massive Again, all that kind of stuff, you know, you're going through that kind of. You, you don't know what your dog's medical history is, a lot of it. And yeah. because you're going through, like anything, investigations, which take time. So you may be going through those investigations at the, at the age where your dog's in that knobby stage anyway. So which kinda, is exactly what I had. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, so he's a bit of a knobby tw- teenager and also he's got hip dysplasia. Wicked. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and you're not going to find that out. You don't just go to your, your vet at, 20 weeks old and go oh, dog's turned a bit of a knob do you think he's got a medical issue oh yeah it's got that oh cool great actually it might be this but we need to do so by the time you'll find everything out that all that fizz is still building yeah 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 of you've course. got so much to go go again no, but just just before if anybody's listening any um novice dog and they've got an adolescent dog it does get better please i'm not oh, saying guys honestly don't take I'm it to the green tomorrow now and it's like yeah you painted a bit of a painted a bit of a, a bleak picture of adolescent dogs, but you know they're nice. Just be careful. Well, the thing is, though, I think we need to be honest about it because the problem yeah, is everyone assumes they're having a Disney dog and they go from cute puppy to adult. Imagine if somebody has said to me, right, when when my daughter hits twelve, 30, because when I when it, you did it earlier and you did the same when I said I got a teenage daughter, you went <gasps> your face changed, and it's like. I, I remember people saying, I remember conversations of people saying, oh, I've got no, you know, teenage daughter, and people are like, oh, like, whatever, it's not very kind. And then I'm like, oh, myself, when I'm going 12, 13, you know, but everybody expects it to happen. But if somebody, but if nobody ever said that, but if you, oh, I've got a teenage daughter and somebody went, 
Oh, nice one. That's going to be amazing. Because, cool. and, then, like, and then it happens. But I was once a teenage girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. So was I. So I knew that, yeah. you know, good luck. Um, yeah. She's found ponies, right? As long yeah, as... God. Get them into ponies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, in fact, I remember saying that to you when she expensive. First but I'll take it. I'm quite happy with it in a minute. Dude, reinforce the ponies. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> but the thing is, you know, and that's what I'm saying. If we weren't honest about what's to come with people, if people weren't honest with me and go, it's only going to get worse. Oh, yeah, whatever. No, yeah, oh, yeah, it does actually. <laughs> you know, but if if everybody goes, no, honestly, it's an absolute breeze. There's no problem whatsoever. It's really good. All you've got to do is this, and I promise you it's going to be perfect. Imagine I'd gone back to that person and go, so, excuse me, you know when you said all I had to do with this it was going to be perfect? Yeah. No, it's bullshit. Get into ponies. There you go. All you have to do, get them oh, into Four times now, and it's only, only mild swear words, just to point out. No, but, you know, it, it's... That is that is our job is being honest, and that's what I said. First week of puppy class, you come in, your puppy's not going away trained. I promise you now. And they go, oh my god, what have I paid for? But what you are going to get is advice on how to deal with the future. And why do you think? Because there is this thing, though, isn't there, that people think they go to puppy class and that's it. The, the, the so if you imagine again, this is going back. This is this history, really. Go back to. I'm not going to use any names. But go back to history, uh, let's say the 70s, mm -hmm. for example. Go to a public class in the 70s. In the, in, in the 70s, same place where I train, 70, however many years ago. How old am I? 40, 40 years ago. 50. And, what? 50. What'd you say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. 40 years ago, babe. 40 and a half, I am. 45 next week. So, you know, those, those, you come back, you'll go, you'll leave that puppy class. What can your puppy do after six weeks in the 70s? What would your puppy be able to do? Well, I wasn't born yet. So I'll go with the 80s and say they could probably do a sit, a recall, go 100%. to a mat. Definitely. They wouldn't go to a mat. There'd be no mat. They'd oh, no, they, but they'd know to get to their damn bed. Oh, God, yeah. They'd be out, they would go to their bed. Because they'd be made to go to their bed. This yeah. again, generalizing not everybody, they'd be made to go to their bed. They would definitely walk well on the lead. Every yeah. single puppy would have come out of there walking beautifully on the lead. Yeah. Every single dog would have had a recall. Yeah. And every single dog would have sat or, or stayed because because if you didn't, you were in trouble. Now you come to puppy classes and we say right because we're not going to use any of that, which we shouldn't use any of those methods. You but come you to puppy class now. But what we're going to do is teach you how your dog learns these things mm -hmm. in a positive, morally, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know the words to call it anymore because whatever no. I say is going to be bloody wrong. Dude, <laughs> the, honestly, let's, I let's did a whole thing way. Let's, call it, nice, let's call it the neutral way. Yes. Let, we're going to train our dog in the neutral way. Um. That means your dog has an you have an understanding of how your dog learns how to do these behaviors in a neutral way. Because if we call it positive, that might, I don't know, whatever. But let's say neutral, neutral's good. Yeah. Can't mind. So, you, so your dog learns and it's gonna, it's not gonna come out there walking on a loose lead after six weeks. Of course it isn't. 
it's it's at some point it, you you might be able to manage it walking out the, at the, the class so it's not dragging you down the road and you know when it is going to learn but you'll also know how to how to develop your dog's brain and its experiences and live with this rather than going right we're going to shut your dog down from 12 weeks old we're going to shut it down now until it's last legs when it's 14 15 so all you do is you live with this thing that is just flat and it loves you to pieces because it's a dog and they love you no matter what you do to them mostly um but it looks like your dog's trained really so when we come to puppy classes now that's why we have this pressure of going to work straight away I think also as well it's more for me having a dog is about me and the dog being a team together yeah it's not me being the owner and me being the boss and me being in charge it's us together as a team yeah 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 but you know that's but there's people that just who do want they don't necessarily want that they just want their dog to behave if you like uh so it's getting across that actually you know your dog is behaving as it should be it's just not what you want it to do but this is what we could look at instead and changing expectations. Yeah, and expectations. And again, this is coming from if you had a, again a novice dog owner who's listened to this might go, what? It's all a bit weird. Because we, you know, our we've been in this industry for so long, still <laughs> at that point where you can analyze everything. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna even what I've, a few of the things I've said on this podcast, I'm looking back and going, somebody's definitely gonna disagree with that. Yeah, well, people have opinions and fine. <laughs> that's okay it's absolutely fine it's we're all doing our absolute best for even some of you know the people that don't use tools that we particularly agree with some of those are trying their best because that's all they know we don't agree with it definitely don't agree with it but if you sat down with them and actually showed them and told them why maybe it'd make a difference um but you know we we got to look at it i don't know I'm going to go on one if I carry on. <laughs> He's about to get on the soapbox. I'm yeah. going to really mop it. I'm going to really mop yeah, it. Definitely, because it's mine for time. quite some time. If I come back in it. season four and we can unpack that one. Yeah, definitely. I, I, we'll do yeah, a soapbox I'm, on that season four. It will happen. I'll book yeah, you. Yeah, go on in. I'll be. Um, so this will be September. So we're only a little bit in the future, really. Hmm. Um. Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to push? Anything you want to tell us about? Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously. <laughs> well, you said something yeah, about I'm, an ebook. Oh uh, yeah, so we're developing a little ebook. So, uh, so sort of like a socialization socialization checklist. If you like, I know there's lots out there, but. It will have the first class spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Basically, it's going to have our first class dog training puppy specialist spin on it. Um, but it's just me a, a downloadable e thingy. I don't know the technical things. Um, and then a couple of other bits as well. We're developing some stuff. Sort Let of me know forward. when it's out, and I'll put the link in the show notes. There we go. Yeah, thanks. Tell puppy trainers out there. You know, it's the puppy training industry. It's bloody hard. <laughs> It's really hard um, uh, because those expectations and, you know, I think there's a, there's a. And also that, that, that scrubby, yummy puppy smell doesn't. Ah, yeah. You know, it's bad. Working with pups is amazing. 
it's the, it's the greatest but you know nothing in it though when you get them you're like oh they smell like puppies. smell so nice and then it bites your fingers and you go do you want it back yeah <laughs> you're hanging off your shoelaces and go oh, how do you deal with this every day yeah <laughs> Honestly, people, but I do think people underestimate how much hard work puppies oh, are. It's so hard. It's um, I, I I feel yeah. for every single client I go and see, I go, oh my God. Yeah. You've just yeah. got yeah. to get through this and let's help you and help you as best we possibly can. And I'd say best we possibly can. So, so yeah, and we've done it, we, we you know, we've got mentorship as well. So I mentor a few people and um, oh. They're doing really well. Yeah, yeah, they're doing really good. So their businesses, they're doing really, really, really if well. If you have a dog trainer that would like to have a little bit of the Hobbs magic, hmm. yeah. So yeah, so we've yeah, been there. They've been with us for five months or so, and they're flying. So they're all around the country. Nice. They're doing really well, which is really good. It's keeping us amused. Um, and following. And I loved. I, I like. You know. The reason I got into this was I like helping people and it's helping them and it's been it's been really successful. So it's cool. Uh yeah, and obviously just the business is growing all the time. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And um you much and loads more weird Facebook and Instagram silly quotes and things oh, to write. we like your posts and quotes and they amuse us and we appreciate yeah. you and thank you. So Guys, until next time, as always, if you want to follow my dogs on the social at Dodge Shepherd at Minx 12 on Instagram, you can follow Canine Hoops World on Facebook, Insta. And we do have a YouTube channel if you want to see what me and Dodge are up to at competitions and stuff. That's on the YouTube channel, which is Canine Hoops World. Next time, guys, stay safe, be kind, wash your hands thoroughly, keep your dogs on lead around livestock and don't let them lick toads. Take care, guys. Bye. www.caninehooperswild.com Canine Hoopers World now has achievement awards online so anyone anywhere can test their teamwork and get one of our beautiful rosettes there's even one for puppies the website will tell you more about that and hoopers how to find an instructor we also offer online training there are beginners courses we offer online training in distance handling and there are instructor courses for dog trainers Join us on Facebook. We have a friendly international group and follow us on Instagram at Canine Hoopers World. Canine Hoopers World, everyone's invited. <laughs>